0: In the name of the one holy, living, and true God. Amen. This being Mother's Day, I'd like to tell two different but similar stories about becoming a mother under circumstances that might seem less than ideal. Motherhood born in shadow, in conflicting emotions. For me, they express something about how Holy Spirit can pour out on people and work in them in strange and unexpected ways. This morning's reading tells of the Holy Spirit doing just that. Peter and a group of his followers suddenly understood that God's love and healing power were for everyone. Everyone. Not just just those who fit the conventional categories of that day. My stories about becoming a mother don't fit the conventional categories either. But I believe that in each one, the Holy Spirit is very present. Maybe these stories will speak of Holy Spirit to you as well. Each story is about an adoption, and I realize that adoption experiences are hugely various and there is no correct formula for how to navigate issues connected with adoption. Even so, I think these stories offer new ways of thinking about the sacred terrain of motherhood and how God's Spirit inhabits that terrain. The first story is from Miroslav Wolf, professor of systematic theology at Yale. I ran across it in a commentary in the Christian Century magazine. Wolf begins by reminding us that unwed pregnant women are often looked down upon in our culture, and those who give up their children for adoption can seem like child abandoners. That was kind of how he thought about this until. He and his wife found themselves unable to have a child and sought an adoption. Finally, a baby was available, and they went to the hospital to receive their new son, just two days old. Wolf recalls the scene in the hospital when the birth mother gave him and his wife the baby. Wolf says this, There he was, wonderful to the point of tears, rolled into us in a crib. The birth mother took him and held him for a while in her arms in a last maternal embrace. Then she handed him over to my wife, Judy. In one simple act, painfully sad for her and wonderfully joyful for us, she gave him to us, and she gave us to him. My image, says Wolff, of birth mothers in that moment had changed. Changed from she who does not care enough to she who selflessly gives. It all looked different to Wolf in that moment. To me, this story is one of Holy Spirit moving in the heart of a new father from old stereotypes about unwanted children and untenable futures, infertile couples feeling somehow failures, to a profound recognition of what kind of selfless, sacrificial love can be involved, both in giving up a child for adoption and accepting a child to raise on one's own. The giving by one mother to another woman, that most precious gift of her own flesh, no matter what the circumstances or stigma, has a sacredness to it. A way of looking at both the joy and agony of motherhood and the struggles each woman must have gone through to get to that moment of handing a tiny baby from one to another. The second story is from my days as a seminarian. An unmarried parishioner, a law student in her 20s, became pregnant by a local man on a trip to Haiti, actually a choir visit. It took her quite a while to even face her situation, so deep was her denial, so that by then it was almost too late to do anything except keep the child or adopt, set put, put the child up for adoption. Her parents and sister were embarrassed and distanced themselves. She was quite alone. She decided to give up the baby through adoption through the excellent Barker Foundation. I had grown to this woman as her pastor, and she asked me if I would be her labor coach. Having had three children of my own, I agreed, anticipating an all-nighter. And sure enough, one night around midnight, I drove to George Washington Hospital and stood by, offering what company and encouragement and breathing coaching I could, although her labor did not seem particularly difficult. Easy for me to say. Just at dawn, her baby boy was born. It was a beautiful, holy moment. It was a privilege for me to be there and watch this tiny infant enter the world, a baby who would be a gift for his adoptive parents and a gift from the woman who chose to give him. The hospital let these mothers decide whether or not to see or hold their babies after delivery for 48 hours. My friend was unsure, but then, bravely, I thought, She decided to claim her motherhood for those fleeting two days. When I visited, she was holding her baby, and she seemed calm and at peace, not in any way distraught. I remember bringing her the lovely passage from the Prophet by Cahil Gibran about how our children are not our own. Here are some of the lines. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You are the bows from which your children, as living arrows, are sent forth. This passage brought tears for both of us, but not tears of anguish, just the shared poignancy of that brief time with her firstborn son. Soon our lives moved in different directions and I lost track of that mother, but there is a final vignette. Fifteen years later and a continent away in San Francisco when I worked there at Grace Cathedral in 1997, I met a couple who were very involved in the Cathedral community. Their last name was the same as the young woman, and in the course of a conversation with the husband, I learned that he had two daughters, both active Episcopalians, one in Washington, a lawyer and recently a wife and mother. Not sure I should bring it up, but desperate to make the connection, I ventured that I had known his daughter at a very important time in her life, that I had been her labor coach way back then. I was so glad to hear that her life was going well. He, in turn, was glad to know the person who'd been with her, and I think he was glad to be able to acknowledge to someone this long-hidden part Of his daughter's life. When I got back to D.C., I had lunch with her, now self assured and happily married to a man I remembered from that parish, enjoying raising their daughter and still singing in the choir. Two stories a story about what it was like to receive a child from its birth mother and see the way everything looked different in the light of that gift and a story about it was what it was like for a birth mother to give her baby away. To me, they are both beautiful stories that suggest the movement of the Holy Spirit and stories that honor motherhood beyond the conventional Hallmark card sentiments. I also want to add that Mother's Day may be torture for any woman who has lost a child to death. Our hearts go out, for we cannot even fathom that pain. And for them, these stories only raise difficult questions about Holy Spirit in the midst of tragedy, questions I am inadequate to answer, at least in this sermon. I realize that all of this may seem much more about motherhood in unusual circumstances than about the way the Holy Spirit and enlarge our understanding of who is included in God's love, as we heard in the Bible reading. But on this day, surely we might reflect on all the ways love inhabits the very bodies of mothers, and how their outpourings of love in having, giving, receiving, and caring for God's infinitely precious children are indeed yet another example of Holy Spirit inhabiting the lives we live. Amen.